Good morning. This book of the Acts of the Apostles is a very exciting book, I find. It's a book of history. It's a book about the establishment of the Christian church and a number of other things as well. But I can't help thinking that if my history teacher at high school had made content as interesting as this book, the outcome would have been quite different for me. So we come today to a turning point, and there are a number of these turning points in the book of Acts. And this is a major one, major turning point, and there's a few reasons why we know that it's a turning point. I don't know if you, uh, or I hope you heard Ken Thompson's very excellent uh, sermon on Acts chapter 10, the previous chapter, last week. And as I listened to it, I became rather disturbed, not for the usual reason that people sometimes get disturbed by preaching, but Ken was stealing my thunder because Acts chapter 10 and chapter 11, or chapter 11 is a repeat of chapter 10. And this is very unusual for there to be a repeat because, uh, you know, they didn't have word processors and laptop computers and so on in those days when Luke wrote this. Writing in those days was hard work. It was not easy. Paper was scarce. You couldn't just go down to the local supermarket and buy a, a ream of 500 sheets. One sheet was precious. It was handmade. And you had to look after it if you were able to get one. And as well as that, ink was made and uh, it was quite precious as well. And time, it took a lot of time to write something in those days. You had to be very careful not to smudge the paper because there was no liquid paper to clean up the problem. And... Um, it was slow going. They had to be careful not to make mistakes because you couldn't correct them at all, if not easily. So um, ink was put on the paper by a quill, a feather, and uh, they would dip that in the ink and write a couple of letters and dip it again and careful not to drip off the end of the quill and so on. So writing or the written product in those days was precious. And Luke, when he writes this, and writes it again, says something very important, I'm sure. The only place in the Bible is this place where something was written or, and rewritten by the same author. It's a major turning point in the growth of the Christian church. And our title for today is um, People of the Spirit, the Gentiles. Now this person, Peter, about whom the account is given, he has this vision, first in chapter 10, and then he goes to Jerusalem to report on what has happened, and he repeats the story about how he's seen the vision and how a number of animals and uh, insects and various things, birds of the air, are on this sheet that is being let down from heaven. And he sees it and God says, 
Well, the voice from heaven says, kill and eat. And Peter says, no, Lord. I've never eaten anything unclean. So here's this clue about clean and unclean foods. You see, Peter was a Jew, brought up as a Jew. All his life he'd been brought up and uh, carried out the Christian practices and ways, the mosaic, mosaic law, the eating of only clean foods, and there were regulations. You can find those in uh, uh, Leviticus chapter 11 if you want to. A uh, lot of regulation about what they did, and they had clean and unclean foods. Only eat the clean. But then there were people, the Gentiles namely, non-Jews, and to, to Jewish people, there were only two kinds of people in the world. There were Jews and non-Jews, or Gentiles. And we are Gentiles. That's all right. So Peter uh, and the Jewish people, by differentiating between clean and unclean, it also differentiated between people who were clean and unclean. The clean people were the Jews. The unclean people were the Gentiles. And you didn't mix with those if you were a Jew. Even when Jesus was here, the disciples castigated him at one stage and said, why are you talking with a Jew? Uh, I'm rather a Gentile. And... There was the occasion where Jesus was talking to a woman of Samaria and asked her for a drink and engages in conversation. And she, the Gentile, asks Jesus, why are you, a Jew, speaking with me, a Gentile? So there was this huge differentiation between Jews and Gentiles. But that event changed when Peter had this vision. It was the start of something new, a new era. So Peter, um, he has to learn a few things. And he's slowly learning, but then it comes at a rush at this point of time when he has this vision of these clean or these unclean foods let down on the sheet from heaven. When Jesus had told the disciples earlier, go into all the world and preach the gospel to the Jews, then the people of Judea and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. It must have grated, I'm sure. I would have thought that Peter, on hearing those words, said, oh, not me, Lord. Um, the other guys can do that, but not me. Now comes the time when Peter is the one to go. It was a strong principle that was part of the life and part of the way of thinking and acting of the Jewish people. Did you notice the reading the, that said when uh, Jim read it to us, right at the start there, Peter goes to Jerusalem and to report on what has happened. Because the word has come to Peter, and uh, if you missed the sermon last week, read chapter 10. And see how it fits together with this chapter 11. A centurion, a Roman centurion, Gentile, 
so uh, you don't have anything to do with them, and especially when uh, they're, they're ruling your country that God is supposed to be ruling, they thought. So this centurion has become a Christian somehow. He's, he's a believer, and a strong believer, and his household, and other people in his um, working place. And they too have a vision. See, God is working in more than one place at one time. And this is something so marvellous about the Holy Spirit coming into the world and continuing the work of Christ, but not in one place at one time, as Jesus did, but in many places all over the world. Many things happening at the same time. So when Peter has this vision that maybe he thought was a bit of a nightmare, he comes to grips slowly with what God is doing, God's work in the church. So Jesus, when he was on earth, came as God, Emmanuel, with us. And he had to come to somewhere, so he came and was born as a babe in Bethlehem. He had to come to one people or another, it was the Jews. And he had to come as a person, that was Jesus. But in all of Jesus' ministry, he could only be in one place at one time speaking with one person or a group of people, but doing one thing at a time. Now, after he has finished his work of living in the world, of um, dying on the cross, rising again from the dead, returning to heaven, he has sent the Holy Spirit into the world continue to continue that work. And the Holy Spirit can work all over the place. Let me illustrate. This um, man Cornelius, he sends for Peter. He's seen an angel or a vision. He, uh, he lives in Caesarea. And he sends to Peter some of his chosen men to go to Joppa. Now that's over 100 kilometres away. I don't know how they travel, we're not told. But he's a Gentile believer, he's a Roman soldier. And he's seen an angel. God is working in his life in this place called Caesarea. But on the other hand, God is working in Peter's life in Joppa, a hundred kilometers or so away. And Peter is told, have no hesitation to go with these people who, who come asking for you. So the Holy Spirit tells Peter to do something. Two things happening in two different places. But that's just an example. There are lots and lots more of that happening. The Holy Spirit works all over the world. And when Peter goes to Caesarea, there must have been quite a bit of conversation on the way with Gentiles, mind you. That would be strange for Peter. He's having to learn something. And he is learning it. And when he gets there to um, the place of Cornelius, he stays there in Cornelius' house. So even before that, 
the messengers who come to Peter and ask him to go to see Cornelius are given hospitality in Peter's house. Oh, not allowed. Jews and Gentiles. So they travel there together, and it was maybe a few days' journey, not sure. Not allowed. And then they got to stay with Cornelius. Not allowed. Jews and Gentiles. And when Peter gets there, he preaches to them because that's the purpose of his visit to Cornelius. And when he starts preaching and telling what God has done, the Holy Spirit falls on these Gentiles, would you believe? Peter has to learn an awful lot in an awfully short time. So the Gentiles had, were loved by God on equal terms. And Peter says when, uh, when this happened and when he's given his explanation, he said he remembered that John, uh, that, that John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So, reasons Peter, if God gave them the same gift as he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could oppose God? That's an interesting concept, isn't it? Opposing God? Especially for a believing person like Peter. He says, who was I to oppose God if God had given the gift of the Holy Spirit to these Gentiles? So Peter's thinking had been turned right around in a fairly short time. God had been preparing him for this in many kinds of way. But this was the climax to the change that came for Peter. This vision that he had where God had let down this... Um, sheet with all these various kinds of animals and, and to Peter a number of them unclean so called and Peter is told to kill and eat and he said Lord I've never done this before I've never eaten anything unclean and God says what I've made clean don't call unclean and it was about something far bigger than a bunch of animals or um, creatures for food. Much bigger than that, it was about people, not creatures, not, uh, not animals, but creatures. And the clean and the unclean had to do with Jews and Gentiles. So no longer were Gentiles, non-Jews that is, to be thought of as unclean. They were clean, cleansed by God, and God's purpose was for them. The Gentiles were loved by God on, God on equal terms to his own chosen people. So now the Gentiles were chosen people, along with the Jews. So the promise is given to the Gentiles. Peter's assessment, who am I to oppose God, had to be considered earlier. 
in uh, in verse three of that reading that we had, he he gets to Jerusalem, and instead of the believing Christians there being thankful and praising God, they criticize him, they judge him, and not only that, they go on and on is the tense of the original language there, and they they judge him, and they say you ate in the house of a Gentile. That was their criticism. And they harped on about that. And that's why, G, uh, why Peter had to explain to them what had happened and about this vision that he'd seen. And there was no such thing as unclean people anymore. So he explains that. And the good thing is, instead of them criticizing and going on judging they came to the conclusion when they had heard this they had no further objections and praised God and I love the conclusion here they said God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto faith I love the word even <laughs> God has judged even the Gentiles. Is, is that putting the boot in a little bit, even though you're admitting what had happened and saying, well, even the Gentiles? Or is it being thankful and uh, um, praising God for that the last people that you would expect to receive God's blessing have received it, and uh, even the Gentiles? I thank God for this event that Luke gives us this changing event because if it had not been for that it's possible that this experience in Christianity may have remained just another Jewish sect it may never have got out to the world if Peter had not been given this vision it may never have arrived in Emerald the message and the love of God. It may have got stuck somewhere in Israel or Palestine. But this, I believe, is why Luke gives us this repeat of this one event that um, therefore says it's very, very important. And it's the fact that the gospel of Jesus goes to all of the world. The Christian church became a universal church on that day, a worldwide church. It was for the whole world. And we here in Emerald as non-Jews, as Gentiles, have been blessed by God. I suppose we could even insert that word even about we praise God that even the Gentiles in Emerald have been blessed to faith. Thank you.